Picks and Bets. I am your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over Friday, uh, what's it, the 15th of April, right in the middle of the month, where I've almost ended the year. Two-game slate, um, you know, one matchup we only see twice a year and one matchup that we have seen before. Um, both of them really don't have much playoff implication at all. Winnipeg is basically dead at this point, and so are Montreal and the Islanders, but Florida should definitely make it handily. But uh, this is, you know, very uh, uneventful, kind of boring night. But there's, you know, I mean, there's a there's a six and a half over under. Um, and uh, why don't we just get right into it, right? I mean, I'm not going to waste too much time here. Um, we have Winnipeg at Florida, which is, uh, we haven't seen Winnipeg in a while. They had a game get canceled on Wednesday. Um, kind of, I, I believe, and I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like it was canceled because Winnipeg may have been unable to fly to Florida for the game. So instead of playing Seattle, which has no playoff implications, they decided to make sure the team that was going to make the playoffs got the game in um, rather than trying to work out the schedule. Kind of seems like what happened there. Uh, but what, let's get right into it. Um, Winnipeg and Florida. This is the only game of the night when there's only two of them. So one of two that has both teams that have been well rested. Uh, the five and a half over under minus 130 on that over. I do like it. Um, I like overs in Winnipeg games and I like overs in Florida games. I'm going to bet it right now because, uh, well, I'm going to bet it over seven right now because I do think it's going to get there. I'd be really shocked if it doesn't. Um, we did get morning skates for both of these teams. So I'm going to run through Winnipeg first. They had Connor Dubois and Wheeler all connected again. Wheeler probably back in um, in the lineup. They had Barron sticking with Stastny and Ehlers. So no Shifley, which is very expected here. I, we did not think he'd be back. You know, uh, it's kind of one line deep. I don't think Stastny is a bad uh, shot prop guy to target because he's even at one and a half. And I think even at two and a half, I still like it okay. Um, Ehlers obviously is the rate shooter there, but, you know, I, there should be plenty of shots to be had total in this game. So I do think that there's a, a few to target and some straight bets. On the Florida side of things, things are going to go probably a status quo, same as last game, whereas for Hagee, Barkoff, and Duclair, Huberto, Bennett, Giroux, Marchment, Lindell, and Reinhardt. Um, the power plays are kind of all over the map, and I've talked about it multiple times where we can't trust Florida's power play. Well, last game, they didn't make any deviations, and they were successful on one of their power plays with a declared goal. Barkov declared Giroux, Hubert, Reinhardt. I thought on this slate, and one thing that me and the last slate, which was Tuesday's slate, was that Duclair could really be a nice one-off piece because a lot of people are not playing him and, and taking Uyghur instead because we assume that with the power play guy, and it just simply isn't the case. So I think that that's another good case on, on this slate where a two-game slate, I'm really emphasizing Duclair in my lineups. Um, first off, when he gets the run, which is through the power play, he is a prolific shooter. I am over one and a half shots um, against Anaheim, and I believe he had 10. Um, I think, again, over two and a half is in play here because he's one of the guys they want to shoot on the power play. It seems like it's really Duclair and Giroux with Barkov and Huberto when available, but they're not always. They're definitely the setup guys. And then Ryan Hart, more of your net front guy, who is a really you know, a great, great tip artist. So we'll see what that looks like. I think, you know, Barkov, Duclair make the most sense together. And I really would not be afraid to include Huberto in that mix, especially if you're game stacking, because if you're thinking Winnipeg keeps this competitive or maybe even jumps out to an early lead, they're potentially going to take for Hagee and put him with Drew Bennett or just bench him a little bit more to get Huberto those minutes with Barkov and Duclair. So I, I that's kind of a, a way I would go about this. Mackenzie Weger does have almost seven shot attempts per game in his last 10. So he's not useless as a DFS asset in any capacity or as a shot guy or as a point guy, but I don't know how necessary it is. Um, 
Winnipeg takes penalties, not, not maybe way more than anyone else, but they're definitely prone to it. So you could just try to go all in on the power play here, which is something I might do. Um, I am still considering Giroux and Duclair as kind of the cheaper options for a point prop. And I'm probably going to just take both of them and hope that they either A, connect on the power play together, or B, just they, there's enough goals to go around and those guys at a minus 150, 160 can still get it done for me and rate that rather than praying for the double points from Barkov and et cetera. So that's what I'm looking for there. I'm Winnipeg. I don't have a ton, a ton of interest in, in, in a lot here. Um, Connor really hasn't been as prolific of a, of a rate shooter since the injury. We don't know what's going on there. I like Dubois just fine for shot prop. Um, he's at uh, what 5.3 shot attempts per game over the last 10, much, much better than the rest. Wheeler is a guy I just don't target often. Um, not normally a shot taker. I've been a bit of an uptake the second half of the year, but nothing that I'm, you know, get crazy on. I just don't think this Winnipeg team is going to have an exorbitant amount of expected goals. They might have some shots because I think they'll be losing, but I don't think that they're going to have a lot of quality chances. And, and for that reason, I'm not overly interested in betting their point totals, um, but I am a little bit more interested in just a couple shot props. And that would be Dubois number one. Um, and we'll see when Connor continues to fall because we know he can turn it on uh, and, and have 10 in a game without a problem. So I'm going to wait it out right now. He's averaging about four and a half shot attempts per game over the last seven. Cause he's only played in seven of the last 10. So that's not quite going to get it done for me. I normally just won't take anyone in that range, but we know Connor can turn it on at some point. And when he does, we're going to be happy. The highest shots per game over the past 10 is Ehlers at 7.6. I'm slate of action. So I get taking it, but Baron and Stastny just aren't incredibly players. And I do worry about them generating on offense. The reason that I worry about Ehlers in particular to anyone else is just how he profiles as a player in general. He is a guy that is generally speaking, rushing into the zone and that could relate to more shots. But it also relates to more shots getting blocked, more shots getting, you know, missing the net, um, going full speed. And you see a lot of that in his game. If you watch him, if you look at his stats, he takes a lot of attempts, but not all of them are getting on net because a lot of them are getting deflected and, and other things. So I do worry about that in general as it's a bit of a, um, I'm not sure what the right word would be. It's kind of a facade. That's probably the right word, a, a facade. But it, again, we, we then again, some games you'll see those shots don't get blocked. Those defensemen don't quite take down the lanes correctly. I don't worry about that as much with Florida as other teams. So I don't know if I'm going to have it or not. A three and a half over feels a little steep for him as it always is. Um, and I just don't think the talent around him, like when he's Shifley, that's just such a better setup guy once they gain possession of his own, which as I'm alluded to, he often contributes to doing. Um, if we look at their last game, Stastny had four shots, five attempts. Uh, Ehlers had five attempts, only three on net, two get blocked. And you'll see that a lot in his stats. If you just go game by game, looking how many blocks he kind of, like allows the other team to get so you know that reason i'm not going to go crazy he should get a lot of minutes he should be good on the power play if they get set up but that's kind of what i'm thinking here in general i like the over just fine florida's goaltending has been pretty leaky so i think the six and a half like i said i'm going to bet it over seven right now where i can find it there because why not right um and i also don't mind just taking florida over six and a half uh plus 140 right now i think they get the win here i, I think winnipeg's pretty much dust and shout straight for they're a lot worse so if i like the over i like florida why not put them together give vegas a little more big but if you win who cares uh, we'll move over to the final game we're gonna have a back-to-back -back islanders team who you know I, i'm actually getting some flack now in my dms about like why do you hate the islanders and it's like they're scoring above expected which is that happens. I mean, we see that with a lot of teams, and that can be skill-based. Uh, I don't know if I think it's as skill-based with this team. They have some finishers, but I don't know if it's anything that's kind of lighting, you know, getting crazy. You know, in the last game we saw, they scored four and one in the shootout against the Penguins. That was, you know, today they're going to have played on Thursday. I'm, I'm recording before that game, so we'll see what happens there. 
Uh, it's not to say they can't put up goals, and they certainly can against Montreal. I, I just don't really trust this team in general um, to put up the volume um, that's necessary to get there. They got pretty badly outplayed in that game against Pittsburgh, who lost two players within the first 10 minutes of the game due to potentially what seemed like a flu in, and two good players, two very big contributors in Rustin and Rodriguez. And they still got their doors blown in as far as expected goals and shots. Um, this is a much better Montreal team. They played most games very competitively, but this is a Montreal team that's going to be rolling out incredibly bad goaltending until the end of the year. For that reason, it's really hard for me to want to lay anything here. Um, minus 150 on the Islanders. I'd rather stick my fork in a freaking outlet. I just have no interest in ever placing that kind of uh, a road back-to-back Islanders team in any capacity versus anyone, including the team that could finish last in Montreal. Um, but then again, taking the team that's that last in the NHL in Montreal at plus 130 also doesn't feel overly like any fun at all. Kind of feels like not fun. Um, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, I think I've given you all the reasons why you could do anything here. Um, Montreal, I, I think, has more offensive, maybe finishing skill, but they're very bad defensively as far as Suzuki, Popfield, and Anderson are concerned. When they were all out there together, which was a lot of the game, it didn't look great. Ryan Pooling scored in the game on a nice deflection. That was on the first power play with Caulfield, Suzuki, Anderson, and Hoffman. No defenseman was listed there. So I, I do think that the Anderson, Suzuki, Caulfield set could be a bit unique here. It's going to be just priced high enough to where teams won't be, or like other ones won't be able to probably fit in top end Florida. But I think if you went with like a Florida three, you get a little bit different, you know, Ryan Hart and Parchment, maybe a defenseman. Like I said, they should get some blocks. You could get like a blocks bonus, a couple points at a Uyghur or um, Chirot and, and make that kind of work. This, you know, uh, this Montreal one, while they're not good defensively, play an exorbitant amount of the minutes and power play. You know, all of these guys got about 20 minutes of ice time last game. There isn't a defense we need to correlate them with. So you can kind of get unique with your defensive pairings. Um, I am someone on a two-game slate that's probably jamming five uh, per team, maybe four. And the fourth man so obviously could be Ryan Pooling to give you that savings and maybe actually get you that Duclair and Parkoff you want with it. Um, I think that's how I'm going to be building. And I'm not to say I won't play the Islanders, but I just don't see a lot of upside in any of the builds for the Islanders, if that makes sense. So the Islanders, it's got to kind of be Bavillier. I don't think there's anyone else I'm that interested in. And with Bavillier, he doesn't correlate with his line mates on the power play, which sucks, frankly. So I think he's a good one-off piece. And I think you can still put him with Nelson and Lee because maybe some people won't do it. But I just don't have some pain through the nose for that line when the correlation just isn't as strong. Um, in a game that I really like on paper doesn't set up to be a strong over. It's just five and a half with probably Varlamov and probably Montebo. I just kind of think it should hit, but it might not. And I just, I'm not going to bet. So while everyone is, is kind of zagging to just overstacking the first game, I'm definitely going to have some on the other way. And we see this a lot in football. I mean, we talk about like the Thanksgiving slates. We have like three games in football and, and you hear a lot of the like touts that the, at least that I trust that talk about like, you know, this game has, like eight point less total, but think about the share of touchdowns. It's kind of the same mentality I have here. Yeah, this game is probably going to be, maybe it could even be two goals less. That doesn't mean that Montreal one doesn't score three goals altogether. And all of them have three point games and you end up still winning the whole You know, we did, we saw that on um, the last small slate, which was Wednesday. We saw Roslovich and Line win the GPPs and freaking Colorado had nine goals. Um, you needed Colorado too, that's for sure. I'm not saying you didn't need Colorado in that mix, but to take down the top prize, I had a freaking San Colorado sack. I didn't even come in the top 10. And it's, it's frustrating because I didn't have Roslovich and Line. 
This is a differentiator, in my opinion, is Montreal one. I'm going way too long on this, but this is how I feel like you should be building to have success in, G in GPPs is to say, okay, I know where the ownership's going to be two games late. So ownership doesn't matter that much, but I know what the majority of lineups are going to look like. I'm going to get a little bit different here. I think people are going to talk themselves into cheaper plays like Lee and Parise, maybe even Wallstrom. Wallstrom at eight minutes last game, Parise while scoring a goal and, and you know, Bailey while scoring two. They only saw like, what, 15 minutes around. I just don't like that upside. I don't think it's really great to have. Um, but the one thing is if you do go Islanders and you just think that Montreal sucks, I think you're jamming in Noah Dobson no matter what. Uh, he's so prolific defenseman. And his point prop is very, very, very in play here. I think I'll definitely have it. As far as shot props are concerned, I'll be looking at Ryan Pulak if I can find over one and a half. He's shooting just as much as like... Um, Kyle Connor right now and over the last 10. So, uh, you know, I think Kyle Connor's going to be like three and a half and Dobbs is going to be, you know, I mean, Pulak's going to be like one and a half. So I don't know. I think it could get it done for me. Other than that, I think I'll get Jan out of here. Uh, favorite best of the night. Um, I will be betting Duclair to score. Uh, I'll be betting his point prop. You know, just the, 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 the minutes he's getting are offensive driven minutes. Uh, he might only see 16 or 17 and that's a, you know, a bit of a deterrent. But it's not like with the Islanders where those guys are seeing a lot of defensive zone minutes. Like Duclair is being utilized as a guy that should be scoring goals um, with very, very skilled players. So I do think I'll be, I, those are just more valuable minutes in my estimation. And you can see that if you go on hockeybiz.com and you want, you know, check, double check my work here. If you go to hockeybiz.com and you go through the games, you can, I don't know if everyone can, I might only get this because I, um, I subscribe, but you can see zone minutes and like the, like where they're putting guys in. Um, you got to kind of go by games, but if you look at the last game for Duclair, it's very boosted in the offensive zone minutes. Um, actually, the only player with more offensive zone, like zone development is Montour. Um, and that's it. He's the, the highest of fighting forward. He saw a lot of minutes, so I get it. But I'm saying like, they really try to put him out there. I, I just can't believe how, how easy that was to find. The most of any forward on the team, opposite zone development minutes. Um, that's on purpose. Andy Parkoff. So I'll be all in on him. And I think on Montreal, I'm just going to do the, th the three-man I mentioned. Uh, Anderson, Suzuki, Caulfield, point props. I did it last time with not great success because when Suzuki hit, Josh Anderson, they gave him the goal and they took it back. He didn't score. So what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I think I gave you a ton here. A lot of good information. Way more than you probably need. Hopefully you take down the GP um, or at least come in second to me. And we'll talk again on Monday and Tuesday and Friday and really every day of the week. Uh, if next week, if you want, um, you can find me on Twitter at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. You can rate, review, subscribe, I don't know, whatever. If you haven't done it at this point, you're probably not going, cool. um, but have at it. Other than that, as we get to the end of the year, uh, I'll just give a couple thank yous again, everyone. Thanks to the Mail Media Network. Thanks for, you know, the, all the whole team here. And, um, you know, thank you for listening. And if you're new, you know, thanks for jumping in. I'll uh, we'll talk to you soon and have a good weekend.